Welcome to another episode of See You at the Crossroads podcast. I'm here with two legendary Crossroads staff, uh, two people who I admire tremendously and I've seen do so much for a Crossroads community since I've been here. Um, I'm very happy to sit down with them today. They have a wealth of Crossroads knowledge that I'm excited to learn about, as well as some new things about themselves that maybe I didn't know. Introducing the very, very amazing two teachers of eighth grade, Nancy Mauer and Dave Morgan. Now, as we do every episode, we start off with a very broad question. No appetizers, no like teasing anything. We're just going to get right to it. So I'm going to start with you, Ms. Maurer. What is your story? All right. Beta is my story. Uh, I think it was 1995, uh, September. I was called to this school, Crossroads. There was no Crossroads North, no Crossroads South. It was just Crossroads on George's Road. And I was invited to be Carol Pisa's student teacher. And I remember walking in here in September. I wasn't supposed to start until January. And meeting this beta unit. And it was Carol Pisa, Dave Morgan, Tony Edwards, Mimi Usaitis, Joe Squindo, Bill Anderson. And all I remember was walking in and meeting them for the first time, having lunch. They were laughing, they were talking about kids, and they welcomed me with open arms, and I haven't left since. So that's my story, 1995. Uh, I think when you said legendary, you meant old, oldest members. (laughs) Not at all, not at all. I want to jump in real quick before we move on to Mr. Morgan about his story, because you really focus in on Crossroads, and one of the people you mentioned in that group of people that you uh, started teaching with is a, a man by the name of Bill Anderson. Now, Bill Anderson is a name that throughout my tenure here, I've heard people say, oh man, you remind me of Bill Anderson, or you know, you would have loved Bill. And I never had the opportunity to meet him, obviously, because I wasn't here, but he's a name oh, that resonates with Crossroads, and I I'm, I'm really would like to know if you could dive in just really briefly about who Bill was and what he meant what, to Crossroads. One thing I want to say about Bill is, I think, Always cut all. in, Dave Morgan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I will, this is very... The question was directed to Nancy. It but was, Dave, but I want to say this real quick, and then Nancy, because she, she worked with Bill closer, longer than I did. But the one thing that I remember about Bill the most is that you felt like you knew him for 20 years after knowing him for five minutes. Wow. He just made everyone, like, your friend. He was your friend. You, you can't mention Bill Anderson's name without mentioning Smooth. Bill was smooth. He was he was a military um, trained science teacher who he had a sense of discipline in his classroom, but he had more fun and kids had more fun in his room and outside of his room than anywhere. He's our legend who would roll his jeep uh, onto the fields, take the top down, blare the speakers, get the kids listening to whatever popular music was out there and he put grills out on the field and grilled some hot dogs or one time he grilled mahi mahi for, yes. for us That's because great. he had caught it he was just he was all about teaching kids social skills with a z skills okay. there you go where they learn to interact with each other and that everything wasn't just academics it was about people and how you make people feel That's awesome That's, that, thank that's you. Crossroads at its heart. Thank How you for you sharing that feel. story about Bill. Again, a legend, another legendary figure. So I move on to Mr. Morgan as the doctor, as I like to call you. Uh, Mr. Morgan, what's your story? Well, as, as Nancy was talking, uh, and she jumped right in at Crossroads, 
I was thinking that there's two points in my life that I guess would be my story. I came from a family, all business. Um, at I don't like to I I don't not like to talk about it, but I don't talk about it because that much. But at 21, I had brain surgery for a tumor, and I think that refocused everything for me. Uh, just and I end up I can remember announcing to my father when he says, well, what are you going to finally do? I said, well, I'm going to be a literature, a English lit major. I think I'm going to get into teaching, all that. And he was like, his response was great. His response was like, thank God. You know, <laughs> it was great. And then the other point that I remember is, now I was hired by South Brunswick. My first day on the job was spent at the high school. At the end of the high school, I said, well, we might have an issue. Would you mind teaching at the middle school? Um, so there was like two days before school started with staff. So on my second day with the staff, they sent me to the middle school. And the very first person I met was Bill Anderson in the building. I did not know I was working with him yet. And then they broke us up into these weird things they were calling units. And it was me, Bill Anderson, Carol Pisa, Joe Squindo, Tony Edwards, by the end of that day, when I when I went home and my wife was like, well, how did it go? So I found my home. They were just amazing people. I would wholeheartedly agree with that sense of home. Um, for me, so I've only ever been in Beta or Delta. Dave Morgan and Paige Rimmer have only ever been my language arts partners, so I couldn't be blessed with better people to work with. But we, after I left Beta, they had me form the new Delta with another legend, Lupini, Paige Rimmer, the incoming Paula Lamprecht, who is now legendary in her own right, and Paige as well. Um, and we, we came in here, and with Bill Anderson, because Bill left Beta and came into Delta, and we became another unit where we, we took our philosophy of the whole kid and, and caring about the kid and middle school and just brought it to the forefront with Delta. And Beta and Delta were two real powerhouse places that really provided a sense of home. Hmm. And for me, I found my family here. My best friend here, who was a Spanish teacher here for years, Nicole uh, Lorenz Furek, introduced me to my husband. So when I think of Crossroads, Crossroads is family. Well, I, I, it's funny you say that because my next segue, um, as someone who's come up at Crossroads um, as a teacher, as an educator, and as, a, as a, a community leader, you also have had a child come through this mm -hmm. system and are awaiting the anxiety levels of a new child oh, she's coming, coming into this system. She's Whether we like up. it or not, she's getting yeah. it. So when you talk about family, I mean, you have a sense of family here which led you to meeting your family that is now. Yeah. And so talk about a little bit about what it was like to have a child in the building while you were a teacher and what you're thinking as your next child is about to enter this. You know, it's funny because I, I, my first child, who's now a junior at the high school, Amanda, she was raised here. I mean, I think I came back with her in that little bucket seat as often as possible coming in here. Um, I didn't take all that much time off. Uh, so I was always here, and I feel like she's been nurtured by everybody in this building that she's she's come across. When she came here, um, sixth, seventh, eighth, I knew she was in the right place. Like this is, 
you know, no matter what, we, we moved into town after having brought her in from out of district. Um, but this, this has been a great nurturing environment for her um, and for me. I, I always knew, and with the current administration that we have, it's been an even more blessed situation with having our kids come through Crossroads because I feel like we really have our heart back here at Crossroads um, with our leadership. And, and, and how excited and, is your And the new kids? one. Yes. The, the next one. one. I mean, she's like, we ready, Mom. I'm going <laughs> in. You know, so she's she's a different kid. They're, it's funny how your kids are very different. And she's just, yeah, she'll, she'll embrace it. She's she'll going be to be Super comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> super comfortable. I'm excited for that. Now, I've had uh, many a conversation with, uh, with Mr. Morgan um, generally prior to school because Mr. Morgan is an avid runner who stays fit who right. comes in and has a routine of exercise that is beyond anyone that I've ever known at least. Now, I, I have a buddy of mine uh, who, who teaches at the at the high school. His name goes by the name of Chris Haston. And I used to talk to him about every year, every, every day, excuse me, right. 30 days, I'm going out for a run. 30, I'm fine, whether it rain, snow, whatever, 30 days. And I laugh at him sometimes because I'm saying like 30 minutes a day Sounds like a lot, but when I talk to Dave and he comes back and he says he rode his bike from Pennsylvania or he went on a, a 10 mile trek in like however amount of inches of snow, you find a way. Now, explain to us where that passion for doing that every day, making that part of your routine came from. Well, I always, I pretty much always ran, played sports. And your um, kids did as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, my wife was a runner, both runners. Uh, when our kids were in trouble at home, we'd make them run laps around the block. When the Morgan kids were in trouble, they were running laps. Uh, this running just was a part of our life. Uh, we just love the sport of running because it just push. It doesn't matter what level you're you're at as a runner. You can always push yourself a little further. You know, the slowest kid, the fastest kid, it doesn't matter. And what was really neat about the sport of running was the camaraderie between the top runner and the lowest runner, the top runner supporting that lowest runner, or just bringing everybody together. It was an activity that everyone could do. Um, and I just, you know, started running a lot. Uh, it was my brother who, uh, my brother Bernie, who got me into biking. I was just purely a runner. I thought the, those idiots in those silly clothes <laughs> were fools, and I would never get into biking. He talked me into go. He was sick and he recovered and he really wanted to do this ride across the state of Iowa and he needed to find someone who would have time to do it and that would be me being a teacher, being off in the summer. So I was like, fine, I'll go and do this silly ride. I didn't have a bike at that time, so I thought, well, I could just borrow my wife's bike, which was too small for me. I took it to a bike shop. The guy was laughing. He said, what are you going to do here? I don't know. Raise a seat. Do whatever you got to do. He said, well, do you ever bike? He's like, I never biked before in my life. Do you do anything? I said, I run, run all the time. He goes, okay, you should be okay. And when I got out to Iowa, it was probably halfway through the bike ride, I fell in love with biking. Hmm. Just fell in love. And it was one spring, I just, in during the school year, I was like, you know what, let me just keep running through the month of May, the month of June, summer came along. Uh, and then I was pretty much like, well, let me just finish the summer. I had no real intention to keeping a streak going, but my brother, Bernie, who 
got me on the bike and really got into my streak. And he passed away. And at that point, I was like, well, I can't stop now. That's it. So people always ask me, like I had, I was throwing my guts up a few weeks ago. <laughs> I still got out and I ran three miles. Like That's it. it. Just, it's, the, the level of commitment is serious. It, it sounds harder than it really is, though. Well, it, it becomes just, routine, like anything else. It, yes, it, it just becomes, becomes just part of every day. It's therapeutic. It's alone time. Um, and it's, it's good for you. That's it. Well, I, listen, I want to credit you. Um, for, on a personal note, I want to credit you for my uh, passion of running when I first got here. I used to see you guys get up. I was like, man, like, what am I doing? I'm over here hanging out at the shore every summer, not you know, get myself active in certain things. And after meeting you, I say maybe after I got – maybe right around when I first got here, I think, um, I started running. You know, and I was able to my first run. You said, "Hey, try the Broad Street Run. You're a Philly guy, so try it out. You'll love it. Easy, downhill, straight, no, no issues at all." I did that, and then I went on to do, you know, three other half marathons. I was training for the LBI run, which I was yeah, running with yeah. you in certain mornings, and that hurt my ankle, which kind of set me back. But I've said to myself. Uh, bucket list has become making sure I do that run at some point in my life. I haven't gotten into training for it yet, but I know at some point I would love to do that run. Say I did it, and I can kind of close that chapter on that on that passion project that I had at that point in my life. So I, I thank you for that because I was well, never running. I mean, people have done it for me, and it's like you know, pay it forward type thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I appreciate it. Um, what is uh, something that you do outside of here that really kind of really kind of gets you going and, and makes you feel great, not about yourself, but whether it's helping others or something you take on for yourself, what's something you find time for yourself outside of things that we've just talked about that you really enjoy, that you feel like make you kind of maintain, like whether it's your sanity, whether it's your you know sense of self, what is something that you do outside of here? Um, for me, I mean, I'm so committed to family and being with family all the time. I'm a huge reader, no, so I'm okay. always reading. Last book Kindle. you can read ever in life. Uh, Ameri- oh, the last book, last you, book you can ever read, read in, in life. life. In life. I reread. Um, I would reread. Oh, that's a tough one. Because I just read a really great one called American Dirt. You always say the last one that I've um, ever read. But the one that I would reread, probably Jane Eyre. Okay. Over and over again. It's like. My thing. I love Jane Eyre. That's it. How um, many books tally do you think you've read over the course of your life? If you had to give a guesstimate, just throw a ballpark number out there. How many books? Hard copy, thousands. Kindle, it doesn't matter. Thousands. Yeah, for sure. I think they're right now locked on my Kindle, like about 550. Whew. So, for sure. Look at that. But uh, but I also, you know, I, I am, admire Morgan's commitment uh, to fitness. Like, that's inspiring. So, I also, like... I'm committed to fitness now because I've, we went through a rough time last year. I lost my mom and things were rough for years before that. But my husband and I decided to buy a Peloton. Oh, so wow. So committed That's to it. that and classes every day and doing something every day and carving out the time. And I would say Dave is a big uh, inspiration for that because, you know, it's like carving out the time. Yeah. Do something for yourself every day absolutely Um, absolutely that's what's important you have to take care of you before you can take everybody else you know that's important you're no good anybody else if you don't have everything squared away right uh doctor wow um i can i can i kind of throw you an alley you here please can i please in this i hate to speak for my guests please please you are by far one of the most avid philly sports fans 
that I have ever met in my life. You, and have, I, and, you and haven't I have, met my family. And listen, I have some friends. Yeah, I have, my best man is an avid Philly fan to okay. the to to the core. And the level in which you speak about your alma mater, and the level of commitment. And I was I had the chance I got the chance to go to a basketball game with uh, Mr. Morgan recently, and everything always comes back to St. Joe's and the golden yes. era of St. Joe's. Can you please, and again, I hope I, I, I'm sorry if I took your answer, okay. but I have right. to get this out before we wrap up about your commitment to Philly sports and your extreme commitment to your alma mater, St. Joseph University. All right, so uh, this goes back a long, long ways, way before me. Um, I've, one thing, real quick, you find out as you get older, your life is not about you, right? Uh, so it goes back to probably the night. 1930 or so, 1929. Uh, my grandfather was a 19-year-old kid from Scotland. He had his money stolen from him. He had nowhere to stay. He was staying in a tenement house on 17th and Stiles in North Philly, but he wasn't sure what he was going to do. Right across the street was the Church of the Jesu, St. Joseph's High School and College. Needed help. He went to the Jesuits, and the Jesuits helped him out. So his first son was like, he will go to St. Joe's. And it started from there. So it's a long legacy. Wow. What's so, your favorite memory at the Palestra? My favorite. Which is a legendary, another legend, legendary arena in sports. Okay. So I have. Biggest I, memory. And I know we don't have a lot of time. No, but I'm sorry. Give so, me your best, fondest memory at the Palestra. My fondest memory now of the Palestra, there's tons of them, is if you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, you go to the top floor, there's four fans that are there. Okay. One of them is this old bum-looking guy smoking a cigar. His name is Yo-Yo. <laughs> Yo-Yo was at every single game at the Palestra. And so when I was a little kid, when I was on a Saturday at a doubleheader between games, my father or mother would give me some money. I would buy like a Pepsi or, and like some peanut chews, uh. right? And we would stand down on the corner by the court and uh, Yo-Yo would come up. And I'm like, what the heck is this bum telling me? And I'm like, he wants one of your peanut chews. So Yo-Yo would always come over and give him a little peanut chew and stuff like that. And it was just being a part of that whole culture of the palestra and everything, all the different people, the different characters, um, famous people, uh, some of the most people people you would think just crawled out of a hole. But just characters, uh, stories, adventures, and just great basketball. That's just awesome. Great basketball. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Um, if we could uh, get something for our listeners, a, a words of wisdom, a famous quote, something real brief, but something that you want to leave, almost a takeaway for the people that are listening to this. Ms. Mara, I'm going to start with you. I'd say, well, I like to say, hey, kids, and rile everybody up and uh, remind them this goes for adults and kids. Remember why you're here. Enjoy the time while you're here. Enjoy the people that you're around. And for us as uh, teachers, like we're, we're in one of the greatest places to be able to be a part of kids growing up and who they're going to become. And for the kids that are here, know that this is one stage of many in your life and enjoy it. Thank you. Doctor? Two things, I guess, real quick, is it's all about the relationships and how do you want to be remembered? And on that note, we are going to end with uh, a normal and regular and now customary chant that Miss Mauer and I kind of do every time we see each other in the hallway. So I will start it off. Mrs. Mauer.
Mr. Morgan. And that is our episode of See You at the Crossroads podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll catch you next time. See you at the Crossroads.